time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun, plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris! And this morning... <laughs> We watched Detective Conan, a.k.a. Case Closed. Generic anime song, singing <laughs> cheesy lyrics to the song that could be on the radio. Probably explaining the plot. I can't remember yeah. the song, actually, off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't remember either. Like, um, yeah, I don't remember. I do know, though, that this was suggested by Rochelle and that she loves the theme song. She said it's her favorite theme song from any um, like cartoon. And it's probably... Seen really bad that we can't remember it at all well to be fair we've only seen three episodes of this and she has seen um at least a season or two yeah okay so i'm being fair being fair to us so the show detective conan is the original name of it but due to copyright issues uh when it came over really when it was imported to america and i think anywhere else it had to be renamed to case closed and it started airing in 96 and is still going actually the anime is it was created by gosho ayama and based on his manga of the same name which is also still going and started in 1994 so it is i think it, it was about like 900 plus chapters of it so far uh, of just the manga and uh, yeah, the anime portion was produced by Michihiko Suwa and Mashihito Yoshioka. It's 25 seasons so far, 840 plus episodes. It started on the NNS network in Japan, YTV network in Canada, Animax Asia and GMA network in the Philippines, and Cartoon Network and Funimation channel in the U.S., for a short synopsis, the cases of a detective whose physical age was chemically reversed to that of a prepubescent boy, but must hide his true mental development. That's kind of a poor description of this. A little bit. Like, I kind of wondered, though, that if he would age normally again after being reduced to that age. Well, it's been about, um, what, did it, what did I say, 96? So it's been like 21 years and he still looks the same. <laughs> so I don't that's know. That's true. But who knows <laughs> if that's like... Who knows if time runs the same? It's probably like Simpsons time where they've been around for so long and Maggie's still a baby. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's funny, though, when um when cartoons call stuff like that out, like that happened in Family Guy one time where like um I think it was the character Bonnie was given Peter Crap. And he's like, all right, first of all, you've been pregnant for like six years. Either <laughs> oh, yeah. have the baby or don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I wonder if they've had any self-aware jokes like that in this show. But who knows? I don't know. Uh, I mean, we caught. A short glimpse of it and really all we saw was part of the first season out of like i said 25 seasons so i'm sure there's a lot that we missed but i we got enough of it to cover it i would say yeah i agree with that i think we got like a good feel for what the show is exactly so chris who were a few of the actors who played in this okay so the voice of conan in japan was minami takayama and in english allison victorin Jimmy in Japan was Kape Yamaguchi. And then in English, he was Joseph Murray and Jerry Jewell. The voice of Rachel in Japan was Wakana Yamazaki. And in the United States, Colleen Klinkenbeard. 
Detective Moore in Japan was Akira Kamiya and in English, Russell Waite and R. Bruce Elliott. And then finally, Inspector McGuire in Japan was voiced by Chafurin and in America, Mark Stoddard. And yes, the the guy that voices him in Japan just goes by that name, Chafurin. He's just like, yeah, I guess he's just a a well-known voice actor that just wanted to go by one name. Okay, well, he can have it. Yeah, he can have it. Good job, Chafurin. <laughs> Chafurin. I'm going I'm to Chafurin fan now. I'm going to wear Chafurin shirts. It's Chafurin. Spell it. C-H-A-F-U-R-I-N. Chafurin. Chafurin. So uh, for a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of case-closed cereal, the name that the main character made up after his accident, Conan Itogawa, is derived from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle as well as Itogawa Rampo, both very famous mystery detective authors. So Never heard of Ida... What is it? Iwagata... Itogawa. Yeah. Itogawa Rampo. Rampo? Rampo. Rampo. Okay. Yeah. I'd never (laughs) heard of that guy either. But you know what? What's funny is like I had never even like I knew of this series, but I never connected that his name was not actually Conan. Like I didn't know that at all until watching this. Yeah, I didn't either. I just kind of assumed. But, you know, actually, I didn't. You know, I guess I I should have been able to figure it out because I was told that he took the name from Sir Conan Arthur Doyle. But I didn't put two and two together that he had a different name first. The pieces were there. I just am not as good a detective as <laughs> he is, apparently. Yeah, it's not good. And uh, secondly, this anime was originally going to be dubbed in English as part of the original Fox Kids lineup, but it wasn't due to the majority of the series containing homicides. Yeah, I could see well, that's that. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really a kids show per se. No, not at all. Like even the first episode, there's some brutal stuff and... You know, they tried to kind of blur it out in a really weird way, but yeah. I mean, you knew we'll, we'll, we'll you knew get, what was going on. We'll get there, though. Yeah. Also, 20 films so far have been released in April of each year, starting in 1997. These are feature films of this show. The first film was the Time Bomb Skyscraper. Well, Case Closed, the Time Bomb Skyscraper. And the 20th film was The Darkest Nightmare, which was released in April 16th of 2016. And uh, the second film and onwards were the top 20 grossing anime films in Japan. So, wow. yeah, this is such a popular franchise that every year it like basically funds its own movie. That's crazy. Now, are the movies canon? Like, are do they fit in the continuity or are they kind of their own things? Kind of like how like Dragon Ball Z was that way. Like the movies weren't necessarily part of the actual timeline. I don't know. What I do know, actually, is there was a special Detective Conan had a crossover special with Lupin the Third. And then there was a movie and then there was that was just like a part of the series or something. And then there was a movie that branched off of that that was directly connected with the Uh, episode or the special that had that so i don't know if that interconnectivity goes for all the movies but i know that at least that special is connected to the movie that came out uh, because oh that is that is cool yeah he's a popular character much more than i ever even knew actually yeah absolutely uh so memories of the show do you have any no i i had heard of it before and that's that's it like i have no memory i've never seen it yeah, same here. Like, I I definitely heard of it, but regrettably, I never took the time to watch it. And after finally watching it, I really feel like I missed out. But we can go ahead and start talking about that now. And we kind of went a different direction with the episodes we watched. Right. Because there was the first episode, of course, 
And the highest rated episode, unfortunately, was in like season 13 and it was a two and a half hour special. So we were like, yeah, let's not do that. Because we also had to watch the second episode in order to understand really the origin of Detective Conan and not just Shinichi or Jimmy uh, Kudo. Yeah, because it's kind of weird because, I mean, the whole premise, like we said, is that he gets turned into a child. But that doesn't happen until the second episode. So we had to watch both to kind of understand. Yeah, it it happens at the end of the first episode, kind of. Sort of. But you don't really get to, you don't understand what's happening unless you watch the second one in succession. So it made sense for us to watch the first episode, the second episode, and then the episode that Rochelle chose, which was, well, which we'll talk about also. Yeah. Oh, and and kudos to Rochelle for pointing out the thing about the second episode that that was where he was actually a kid for the first time because we wouldn't have known otherwise. Yeah, we probably so would have skipped call. over because I, I know I would have been really confused. So I'm glad we did watch that yeah, one. Me too. Yeah. So uh, the first episode we watched for today's show was the roller coaster murder case, season one, episode one. While on a date with Rachel, uh, Jimmy is attacked by two shady thugs who slip him an experimental drug. Well, that's kind of the end of the episode. Let's talk about the rest of wow. the episode the the summary that was not a very good summary because it just spoils the end basically <laughs> yeah. it skips right there okay there, so th- that would be like the synopsis for star wars uh force awakens is like han solo dies and then you're like <laughs> yeah. wait a minute hey <laughs> han solo is killed oh, by his own son uh, like wait wait, wait wait that's a terrible synopsis okay so. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> all right so forget that synopsis let's start from the beginning Shinichi or Jimmy Kudo is a teenager at this point. He's a teenage detective, very intelligent, and we get to see him. Actually, the intro of the show in this episode was showing the crime happening that they are solving when the episode opens. Right. So then, um, so you go through like the whole intro music and stuff. You're seeing a crime take place. Um, so then where the episode actually picks up is kind of the aftermath of that is that a, a body is discovered and the police are there investigating and Jimmy is there or Shinichi. Um, but Jimmy is there and he's kind of like trying to figure out who the killer is. And pretty much in no time, he knows who it is. Um, kind of is, is able to point it out and everything. And it, it was kind of surprising. Like he's very good. He is very much like Sherlock Holmes. Like he just notices little things and is able to figure out all kinds of stuff from these these things you wouldn't have even thought of, honestly. Yeah, he picks it apart so easily. And I like this because in, in this opening scene, there was this whole thing about uh, someone like jumping across a balcony and scaling the walls or something. And the the only, I guess the owner of the house is in a wheelchair. And so yeah. automatically you wouldn't suspect him, but, but Jimmy knows right away and so he he accuses him to everyone's surprise. And he's just like, like, how would I do that? And then uh, I like how he grabs the globe and throws it at him to make yeah. him to make him jump. But then it was kind of weird because he was like, uh, we already talked to your doctor and he told us your leg was healed. So it's like a dramatic draw out. <laughs> he's kind of showing off a little exactly, bit. Yeah. But I mean, in that way, he's a little Sherlockian also. You know, I can't speak for every iteration of Sherlock, but Sherlock Holmes is a little bit of a show off at times because, you know, he's a little bit of a narcissist and he's got, you know, this ego about himself and he knows he's smarter than everyone. So he likes to flaunt it. And Jimmy is is pretty similar. 
Yeah. I wouldn't say he's super narcissistic, but he does like to show off. He has his moments, and one of them is actually like, so this case is put behind them, he's resolved it, and he's taking uh, Rachel, uh, her name was like uh, Ron or Ran in uh, the Japanese version, but we'll call her Rachel because that's, so I, let us clear that up real quick. So the reason yeah. we keep going back and forth between Shinichi and Jimmy is because his Japanese name was Shinichi, which is also the name of the character from Parasite that we watched. And yep. that's why it stuck You're out right. to me. And yeah, so, I was thinking of that too. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll call him Jimmy from this point forward because that's okay. just the, the translated one. And, uh, and it's easier to say. And it's easier to say, sure. And then uh, 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 Ron or Ran will be Rachel and et cetera. So we're going to use the Americanized yeah. names just because it's easier for our American tongues and yeah. uh, it'll be and easier to keep brains. track of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So he's on, he goes on this date kind of here. He takes Rachel to this amusement park that she wanted to go to. It's not really a date date, but it kind of is. And, Cause there's like kind of a tension between them at this point. They're in line or no, the re- what I was getting to was his narcissism was she's walking with them at some point, I think to school. And uh, she was talking about her father's failed detective agency because Jimmy is taking over all the cases and he's young and solving them quickly. And so he's ruining her father's detective agency. And he's like, well, if he was more skilled or, and intelligent or something like that, then right. it'd be fine. And then she she does that laugh like that. And then she just like punches the pillar. Yeah. And like knocks a chunk out of it and cracks it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, whoa, like Uh, I like her, but she's scary. Oh, yeah. She's a she's a trained martial artist as well. That comes into play a lot. So we'll mention that. Okay, so they go to this date and they're in line and uh, he's kind of showing off his detective skills a little bit where he shakes because he was talking about how I think uh, um, Sherlock Holmes could shake someone's hand and know everything about them from that. And so he shakes this woman's hand and is in like, oh, you're a trained gymnast or something. And she's like, wow, how did you know? And he's talking about like the the blisters on her hands or or the calluses on her hands or something. And then he's like, well, actually, uh, you know, I like the wind lifted her skirt up and I saw like uh, strange bruises on her thighs. It's got that thing that a lot of animes have, which is a slight there's perversion a of, to it. To oh, the male yeah. Characters. There's a lot of pervy upskirt stuff. Because one yeah. happened before that with Rachel, actually. Because when she, like, um, punched that pillar, or maybe she hit him, too, but he kind of fell down. But when the camera pans down, his head is up her skirt. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and she's like, you wish, and, like, punches him in the head. <laughs> he gets punched in the head a lot. He does. At least uh, teenage. Oh, no, even kid kid yeah. jimmy does or yeah at least Conan. once an episode he gets a lump on the head from right. somebody punching him <laughs> most of the time it's from rachel's dad the detective but right. we'll we'll get into that relationship in a minute but uh yeah so so they're in that line and then they're on this roller coaster ride these shady figures in black come and sit behind them like in the back they just rush in and so automatically you're thinking like they're up to no good what happens is after this ride is over it's revealed that one of the people who's on the ride with them was decapitated. Right. And your first suspicion, I mean, you kind of your first suspicion would be to assume that it's the shady characters in black. But if you've ever seen a Scooby-Doo episode, you know, it's not the most likely person. Yeah. Like, I mean, my first thought was like somebody rigged something and the ride did it. Well, I mean, and we'll, that kind of sort of happens in a way, but And then I was like, yeah, it's got to be those shady dudes. Like, 
Especially because when they get in and Conan's trying to figure out, he's looking at one. And by looking at him, he can tell that this guy has killed before. Yeah. But the fact that it wasn't them really threw me off. Because as soon as he said that, I'm like, well, okay, so these are going to be the main bad guys of the show or something. Um, Like, this is going to be his rival or something like that, who's going to try to get the better of him. But that isn't what happens at all. So No, this one kind of throws you for a loop. And it ends up being, and we'll just, I mean, without going through all the specifics of it I, or I guess we can a little bit but it ends up being the gymnast that he shook hands with earlier because she it was an ex of hers who um i guess broke she it off with her and yeah. was dating her friend and so she it was this conv, not convoluted because he explained it well i guess but it was a weird thing where she like got, got out of her seat uh well she put a bag or something, a purse behind her so that the bar that sits on your chest would have enough space to where she could move the bag and squeeze under it so that she could wrap her legs in a gymnast fashion around the arm bar and uh, tie a hook to a string, her necklace. It was a piano wire. Yeah, piano wire that was her neck, her pearl necklace and uh, and then decapitate him with it and then return back to her seat before the ride was over. When it, and I guess what he's what you were talking about earlier is like kind of not showing what happens, but showing it anyway is like we see the decapitation, but it's just like white comes out. It's not actually we don't see blood. Well, it's yeah, they put in like what was supposed to be, I think, a lens flare of some kind, but it was way too bright in a place that had hardly any light in it. So like it was just very obvious that they just put in a bunch of white and blurred it really hard. Yeah, trying to cover it and trying to make it look natural, but it did not look natural. But I watched the dub. I don't know if you had watched the the dub or not. Yeah, no, I watched but, the um, I watched the sub, and it was the same. Okay, really? Because yeah. I, I expected that in the the original that that probably wouldn't be blurred out, but maybe it was. Yeah, see, that's what I would have thought too, and maybe it was blurred out in a different way. But in the subbed version, it was uh, it was just like just white came out it wasn't like blood or anything it was just like a big white kind of flash so i think it was exactly what you saw yeah okay I, that was yeah that was weird because i don't look right that, i don't think that violence is necessarily the idea is what the show wants to push forward as much as it, sure. it is the just the idea of the homicide so maybe that carries through throughout the show i'm not sure yeah it just didn't look right to me the way they did it. No, like, I think they could have found a better way, but yeah, it did look strange. They could have just blackened it out or something. I don't know, but it, regardless, like we get the idea, we know what happened and right. uh, then he explains it to us. But since we had our suspicions about the men dressed in black, he, we, we do see like when they're about to leave the park, Jimmy and Rachel, uh, he sees one of those figures like head to the back or, or talk to somebody and then head to this like back part of the park. And so he he tells her like, hey, you know, go ahead and go home. I'm going to go check something out. And he goes back there and witnesses them exchanging uh, money for this video of um, what, what was the, the park owner like uh, selling drugs or something? I can't remember what he was yeah. doing. Yeah, he was like selling some kind of narcotics. But yeah, he was like selling drugs or something. There's a video of it. So they're basically extorting him. And then uh, that's when we get to see uh, they discover Jimmy and uh, they could have shot him. They were going to shoot him, but they're like, no, there's still a lot of cops around because of the 
decapitation that had just happened in the park. So they use this experimental poison instead that's never been tested on humans. And this was, I guess this was the strangest part of the show for me. And yeah. I was questioning why they went this direction at first, but then I started, it started to grow on me and I forgave it and I accepted it. Yeah. But what happens with this pill is it turns teenage Jimmy into a child, like an elementary school student. Well, first we don't know that because he gets the pill, like they put the pill in his mouth and then the episode ends. Oh, right. Yes. And he's just like, oh, I feel really hot. Uh, and then it's over and we're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he was saying like he feels like his his skin or his bones were melting or something. Yeah. Um, and. So I'm glad that it was pointed out to us to watch episode two because this would have left us with so many questions. Actually, like, what the- did you watch? Did you continue watching after the credits? Well, yeah, because they're like coming up next episode, no, and then they, they show it. No, there's a continuation. Like most of the episodes had a continuation right after oh. the credits of the episode before the before it showed like coming up next uh, episode. No, the the only thing I saw like it didn't have that. It just had the credits and then Oh, maybe the next. maybe they dubbed version they did differently. But yeah, and the sub So version, what did they have in yours? It just showed like a small snippet of him like of the cops coming and us basically seeing that he's a kid already, but they don't oh. go into any detail of it and then it jumps to the next episode. Okay, cuz I didn't see that like episode 2 picked up with that. with him being found and they're like oh there's this kid here and he's like why are they saying kid yeah i mean episodes two still picks up like that in the subversion okay but uh, they did show like a snippet of it or a tiny bit of um some of that at the end of the first episode subbed got it yeah so we'll go ahead and jump into the second episode since we've already kind of transitioned there which is company president's daughter kidnapping case long title that's a mouthful yeah. yeah, but uh, season one, episode two, and this is uh, adjusting to living under his new identity as Conan Itagawa. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to read those anymore because they're all they're, these are bad. just explaining what we're about to say. So, okay, right. so company president's daughter kidnapping case, season one, episode two, and like we said in this one, it intros with how the other one left off, where Conan was poisoned, or sorry, Jimmy was poisoned. And has now uh, turned into a child at the beginning of this episode, but he's unaware. Let me ask you a question. How did you, I mean, you knew he was going to turn into a kid. How did you expect that it was going to happen? I did not expect a pill that was supposed to poison him, but did not. That was probably (laughs) the last thing I would have expected. Right. Yeah. Um, My expectation was um, because in episode one, we briefly meet this character named Doc who makes all these like inventions and stuff like that. And they tend to go wrong all the time. Like he's kind of a mad scientist, mad inventor sort of thing. And I honestly like, and we even see in this episode, like he blows a hole through a wall (laughs) um, with one of the experiments. But I expected an experiment of his to go wrong and that turns him into a kid. So yeah, I was very surprised with how they did it. And I got to give the show credit because Almost every assumption I make in every episode is wrong, which is like not very typical. I'm usually pretty good at guessing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think the only episode where I was able to predict it, at least in part, was the third episode we watched. But we'll talk about that when we get there. So the the company president's daughter kidnapping case is where it's exactly like it sounds. the, The president of this company's daughter is supposedly kidnapped. And the butler is delivering the news. But first, 
we have Jimmy go back to his house, which is next door to this uh, to the the scientist, the doctor, and uh, he is like he he's the only person who he tells right away. He's like, I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, he he's got his old clothes on, so he, they're just kind of dragging on the ground behind him. And he he's trying to he explains it to the to the doctor or to the scientist, and he's just like, you, you can't tell anybody because that will put if the men in black find out that you're alive, they will come after you and kill you. So right. the assumption is of the whole world, aside from the, you know, the scientist is that this is just a, a child of a friend or something. And right. basically that Jimmy has died or is missing at least. Or the, yeah, like they think he's missing. Like no one knows what happened to him. There's no explanation. Um, and in fact, like we don't get to see because we've only watched this episode and then we shot ahead further. We don't really get to see what Rachel goes through once he goes missing because in this episode it's like the day after and i mean she doesn't have any indication that jimmy's missing at the moment so a weird thing that connects him back with rachel and her father is the the the, the scientist guy is just like hey why don't you know why don't you uh live with rachel or why don't you like take him to live with you in your house and he's like what are you doing (laughs) which i was kind of thinking the same thing like why would you put him right there what? Yeah. Why would you uh, make that kind of offer? And if, if you're Rachel, why would you accept that? But you know, she did, and so um, the, uh, the way that he picks the name Conan is because because Rachel stops by. I think she was looking for Jimmy. I'm guessing, and stops by and sees Doc and is yeah. talking to him. And and Jimmy, little Jimmy. Oh, that sounds gross. Little Jimmy <laughs> is hiding behind the desk and then she hears him and she's like oh you don't have to be scared and like you know just thinks this little kid and he comes out she asks his name and he looks over and he sees a copy of sherlock holmes with sir arthur conan doyle i think i said his name wrong earlier in the episode sir arthur conan doyle's name on it so he says oh it's conan yeah so that's where the name comes from Mm -hmm. and then um yeah doc kind of kind of just passes the buck and (laughs) is like here you take him (laughs) yeah and she's like okay and it, what I think is funny is like immediately basically admits to this kid that she's in love with Jimmy. <laughs> like oh. within minutes, like they're walking. She's like, so do you have a girlfriend? And he's like, no. And she's like, I love Jimmy, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And uh, which, which is really funny because Conan turns like beat red and he's like, doesn't know what to say and, <laughs> yeah. and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, man, like that's going to suck. Cause yeah, cause he can't do anything about it. And it's in an awkward situation. But the reason that the doc, well, the reason he says that he uh, passes him off to her and her dad is because if he is part of a detective agency, an existing one, then he can possibly learn more about the men in black and find a cure or at least find the poison so that he can give it to the doc so that he can try to reverse it. So there was some right. logic to it, but it was a little strange the way that how quickly that it transpired. But yeah, uh, overall, it worked out. That happens very early on in the episode is they get introduced into each other's lives. And then uh, Conan becomes a part of this new detective agency. Well, at least not really like not technically a part of the detective agency. He's in the background, but he's because he has to do a thing where he's like pretending that he's still a kid and stuff, but also making these suggestions 
of right. how to solve this case without telling them that he knows exactly what it is. So it's kind of a, a balancing act he has to play through. And I found that really interesting. Yeah, with Jimmy gone, um, Rachel's dad is now getting all the cases and he gets sent to the case where, you know, like we said, this guy's daughter has been kidnapped and uh, they're, they're trying to figure it out. And Conan's putting the pieces together much faster than Rachel's dad. He keeps making suggestions and pissing Rachel's dad off <laughs> and he punches him in the head. Yeah. And Rachel's like, no, like, let him, you know, work. Don't get in his way. So he's over playing a ball or playing with a ball. When he runs into the dog, which scares him, um, Jumbo, but then the dog ends up being kind of nice. He's just scary at first. He barks at strangers and stuff. And what supposedly had happened is this guy broke into the house and kidnapped the girl and jumped from this balcony. But if that actually happened, then the dog would have seen and barked and everyone working at this mansion or whatever said that it, it was all quiet. They hadn't heard anything. So he's like, oh, well, if the dog didn't bark, then it's somebody that the dog is used to. Right. He's sort of like, he doesn't come out and say it, but he's kind of tossing some hints and trying to make it very obvious about the dog. So then Rachel's dad actually puts it together himself um, with Conan kind of leading him in that direction and figures out it was the butler. It was kind the, of right. It was the butler <laughs> initially. The idea was, OK, so right now we think, oh, it was just the butler for some reason. And then it's like, oh, but what actually happened is after the butler sent this girl off she was actually kidnapped from this diner by someone else yeah yeah, yeah, by someone else and uh so then it's a real cult or there's a real culprit and they have to go hunt this guy down who's demanding like uh what was it 300 million dollars yeah a lot of money more money than i'll ever have oh yeah that's how much it is yeah So they're on this case and trying to find this girl. She shouts out something like uh, that she can see a chimney from the that she's out of school and she can see a chimney. And so they go exploring around. Well, Jimmy actually jumps on Jumbo's jumps on back Jumbo. because Jumbo's That's a awesome. great Dane. So he's a big dog to this little kid. And so uh, the dog takes off and they go from school to school uh, looking for one or you can see a chimney from the window and they can't see anything. And then Jimmy sees this building that is one of those strange buildings where it's like very long, but it's very like thin on the sides, almost like a yeah. big screen TV. And when he sees it from the side, it kind of resembles a chimney. So he's like, oh, OK, this is the you know, this is what she's seeing. So I know what school she's at. So he goes there. He finds the culprit. But then he discovers this is where he learns his limitations as a kid because he doesn't have have strength anymore. Uh, of a, right. a teenage boy, he's just got the strength of a child, so he can't stop the guy, even though he's found him and really gets put in a spot where he's about to get killed. He's almost crushed with a bat, and or uh, I think it was a bat. And then Rachel comes in with her karate skills. That's where this really comes into play. She's kind of the muscle of right. the operation, and she just like beats that criminal down and knocks oh, him yeah. out. Beats the crap out of the guy. Yeah. But my favorite part of that is so because Rachel gets there and then her dad, the detective, um, his name is Detective Moore and um, like the cops and stuff like get there. And what's really funny is like he's the guy's already beat up on the ground and Detective Moore walks over and like kicks him a couple times. He's like, yeah, take that. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets all the credit for it, which which is pretty funny. And, And Jumbo had attacked the guy, too. So the guy had. Poor guy got like attacked by the dog. He got beat up by Rachel. 
Then when he's down, he gets kicked by Rachel's dad. Harsh punishment. Right. So they find him. This is actually a great intro. Kind. Of, I mean, even though it's not the first episode, it's a great intro to the way that these episodes are going to work because right. we get to see that Rachel's dad, Detective Moore, is pretty incompetent. Like, he's not a good detective at all. Any success he does have is really just pushed along by Detective Conan's suggestions. Uh, even though he doesn't want them, he still takes them and claims them as his own and really is credited as the one who solved these cases because he's the adult right. and they, they were, quote unquote, his ideas. And so we get to see that relationship from the get go and how Conan has to play the uh, balancing act of, you know, not revealing that he knows more than he does, but trying to find a subtle way to solve these cases in the background. And I love like the ego that Detective Moore gets like as he solves these cases, even though it's really Conan and (laughs) to some degree, Rachel, like he gets this like, oh, my gosh, I'm so great. (laughs) Like his maniacal laughter that he does when he gets really excited like that. That cracks me up so hard. Like he does this one (laughs) lap in the car towards the end of the episode that just like was so funny to me. And, And that's a very typical anime kind of trope thing is when somebody's really proud of themselves they do the laugh mm-hmm. uh, but i love that that's one that i absolutely enjoy because it's just so goofy yeah th- this was a uh, yeah th- so what happens with this actually is uh they bring the girl back to the father the you know owner of that company and what the actual what had actually transpired in the beginning was that the girl set this up for the butler to do this, asked the butler to do this, to drop her off at this diner and say she was kidnapped so that the father would pay more attention to her, basically, because he's always busy with work and she wanted to be noticed. And I thought that was a really kind of a sad but sweet kind of uh, uh, approach to that. And it just ended up right. backfiring on them, but they couldn't have known. Oh, yeah. And, and honestly, like the butler, I mean, that was a really stupid thing for him to go along with, you know? Well, true. Like, that was not very bright. Not bright, but he had good intentions and it ended up working right. out for the best because I think the dad then asked him to schedule a trip for he and his daughter to uh, Australia or something. Yeah, it was like a place that his daughter had always wanted to go and they never went. So he was like, all right, we're going to do it and took it seriously. Yep. So all's well that ends well. In that in criminal was caught and we find out what the relationship between Conan, the detective Moore and Rachel are going to be for pretty much the remainder of the series. So right. that way we can segue into the third episode we watched for today's show, which was Rochelle's pick Moonlight Sonata Murder Case season one, episode 11. So let's talk about that. What is the what's the description for this one? I just want to know if, if it's like as bad as the other ones. Uh, let's see. Uh, Richard is called to Moonlight Island by a mysterious client to investigate a series of murders related to the death of a famous piano player years earlier. That's good. That's okay. a good, that's that a good accurate description of that is the perfect description of this episode. Yeah. This was a longer episode because this was actually a two parter and it, and we put it together um, and just watched both parts. So and this was a good episode. Like I got to say out of the three, this was my favorite. Yeah, but I think it's because it had that length to it, so it got to draw the case out a little bit more, and it wasn't so, like, rush, rush, rush. So Right, yeah. But this is the one where, from the get-go, I knew who it was, but I didn't know all the details of it. I especially didn't know what ended up being the case at the end. I There was an indication to me, I'm like, okay, they're putting some emphasis on this character, maybe there's something going on, 
But as the episode went on, I was like, no, there's no way. And there was a different character that I was like, it's definitely this guy. And uh, I was sorely mistaken. And you were apparently correct. I was right. And I was half right. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, we'll, ex- we'll explain. Uh, okay. Well, I like the I like the backstory of this case is that what was it like five years ago? There's this great piano player on the island who killed his whole family and himself by I guess he killed his family and then he burned down his house while he was inside of it and he was playing Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata as he burned to death and so that that's become like this creepy almost like urban legend thing. And then like two years ago, the I guess it was the former mayor or or somebody prevalent in the town. I think it was the former mayor. Yeah. People heard um, I guess that piano survived the fire somehow. I don't know how. And um, it was put in like the I guess, maybe the city hall or some sort of museum kind of thing. Um, some sort of like official building there. And people heard it playing Moonlight Sonata again. And when they got in there, the mayor was dead at the piano. So it's become this big urban legend on this island that the piano's cursed, that the song is is a curse, like all that kind of stuff. And that's really cool. Yeah, that, that was a cool intro to the episode, uh, especially for being something that it seems like was created for this episode, because I don't think that had any roots in anything else. It was just kind of an original tale for Detective Conan. It's playing out where Detective Moore receives this mysterious letter that's kind of, it's one of those letters, it's like a ransom letter put together with just different uh, words from newspapers or different letters from newspapers and whatever. And uh, it's basically saying that uh, in so many words that these murders are going to start up again. So to come investigate the death of uh, this famous piano player, even though he had died years before. I, but no, right. it said it, it said that it was from this famous piano player. Or yeah, something. he was hired by um, the name that he was hired by. They get there and they're asking people. Like, hey, we're going to find this guy. And they're like, what? And all confused. And that was the name of the piano player that had died five years ago by burning himself to death. So he's like, what the heck? Like, if first he's like a detective more is like, this is a joke. You know, somebody got me all the way out here and it's just a freaking prank because this guy's been dead. And I think it was Conan that's just like, no, I don't think so. I don't remember his reasoning, but he well, had because like, because they paid ahead of time, like they already put money. in. Right. His that's account. it. That's right. The money had been deposited, so somebody had actually got them out there. Yeah, for a reason. And at this time, there we kind of see that there's a political aspect to it because it's a, a voting season for a new mayor to come in. So we're introduced to all these different characters, these different sides of this election, um, these the various candidates and then these people around them. As well as this doctor who we're introduced to, this this female doctor who we're introduced to early in the episode, who was, uh, I believe, was around also with the previous mayor as well. Yeah, she was around two years ago, and she said she was a friend of his, and or that he was her first patient. That's right. So That's she was, was she was very upset when he passed because um, I guess she had felt kind of a special connection because she was originally from the city. She just moved there. That was her first patient and it was the mayor. So she thought that was cool. And so she was pretty upset when uh, when he died. So as we're kind of going through without going into detail specifically about everything that's going on with the election, we're seeing 
all these interactions between these characters. We're seeing the uh, the strife that some of these characters have towards one another. And then very early on, we get to see the death of the first character at the piano to that same sonata. We hear the music again. They find another dead body. And this one we see they were drowned, apparently, and then dragged into the back into the city hall where the piano is into that room because, oh, because this is right by the ocean. So it's literally like feet away. So they were drowned in the ocean and then dragged back in. And we can see like the trail of water leading back to the piano before the Moonlight Sonata was put on or the first the the first verse of it. And it's a three verse uh, song, I believe. And there's a lot of other weird stuff going on while this is happening. For one, on the island, there's like it's uh, around election time and there's, you know, other people, you know, trying to be elected for mayor. So there's a lot of bad blood um, already, which gives for lots of suspects. They they also found out that or Conan realized, hey, this piano is still tuned and it's supposedly nobody ever plays it. So he hits a note on it and he's like, this would have been out of tune because if pianos, I mean, if anyone that, that knows instruments or knows pianos, that if they're not tuned regularly, they go out of tune pretty easily. And this was like perfectly tuned. So he's like, OK, there's something not quite right going on with this town um like pe- people are lying yeah and we see the previous mayor's uh i, I think um his secretary or something uh, or his handler i can't remember the this this man who worked for the previous mayor he gets very nervous when anyone gets near the piano and right. well, is is very adamant that it's not touched. And so we have suspicion there as well. And like you said, there's multiple it's a very good who done it because there's yeah. it's 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 like playing a game of clue because it's like uh it could have been any of these people. They all had their various reasons and you could see any of them doing it for one thing or another. And so that's where it gets a little bit of like uh huh, I wonder like which one it is, but some of them, it seems like too obvious. And those are the ones that you mark off right away. And right. then there's others where it's like, well, I question it, but it still doesn't seem like it's him. And so for me, like, that's how I eventually figured out who it was. Well, well and what what was weird for me is like, there was these clues that I thought ruled out the person it was. Because like, I would say halfway through, they were kind of like, okay, well, this person, like, um, there, there was, I think there was two people in particular. They're like, it couldn't have been because this person was accounted for. And, and like the doctor had been with, um, them the whole time. So I was, and th- so they ruled like two people out immediately and it was down to these other guys, but it was not e- any of those guys. So I was like, what? Like, yeah, because then some of the people who we thought might be the culprits start to die as well. And it's like, right. oh man. So most of them die. There's only like two left by the end. Like most of them are killed. Yeah. Cause there's like two more murders. Like one gets stabbed in the head or the back or something. And the other one is, is found hanging, but with like what looks like a suicide note, but they're like, no, or Conan figures out, no, that's not a suicide note. This was staged. There was no chair or stool or anything that he kicked out from under him. Like he was set up there and then whoever did it was rushed. Because there's this code that they, that Conan figures out in some of the musical notes. And he's like, if it was a suicide, there's no way that he would have written it in code. He would have just written an actual suicide note. And plus there was no chair there for him to hang himself on. I was going to say, we should say that um, what we're talking about when we say the music notes is somebody's been leaving clues in the forms of sheet music. 
Um, but the sheet music isn't always correct for Moonlight Sonata, which tipped Conan off that the, this might be a code instead. So he figured out this code and, and it was notes from the killer, basically. Yeah. And it's essentially just like uh, in very simplistic terms, moving from left to right on the piano, it's just a A, B, C, D, E, F, G kind of code right. uh, set to the notes and where they are on the piano. And so he... Uh, Conan figures it out pretty quickly and so is able to start interpreting what's being written and it's still a little bit um, hard to under hard to decipher exactly what it means because it's telling you it's giving you clues without telling you exactly as it eventually leads us to is this spot where this boyfriend of the one of the I think the mayor's daughter's boyfriend is knocked out on the ground and then we see someone rush out of the window and it's right. discovered and because Conan had seen him like messing with the bottom underside of the piano. So Conan goes over there and starts to feel around and discovers there's a hidden compartment that had uh, like cocaine in it, basically. Yeah. And it's funny because he, he spots this one guy later and he's like, hey, you have powdered sugar on your sleeve. And the guy's like, oh, and like freaks out and is trying to brush it off real quick. Yeah. And then we're like, OK, well, now we know who's been handling the cocaine. One thing that should be mentioned is like about halfway through this episode, we're introduced to this cop who's kind of a bumbling older cop. And he seemed kind of shady to me. Like he wasn't at the police station when they first needed him. He was um, caught taking clues away from the, the first murder scene and stuff like that. Like that sheet music that was found. He took it and was taking it away. When mm-hmm. they stopped him. And so like after a while, like I'm like, this is the guy. It, it's definitely the cop. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, that and was, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of that was kind of their red herring they threw in because he was basically uh, incompetent the entire time to the point right. where it seems like he's faking it almost. But he ended well, up really just being uh, a bumbling cop. Well, because the 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 first note, I think when it was translated, basically uh, more or less said this is retribution. So my thought was I was I was going conspiracy theory here. I'm like, okay, the piano player guy didn't die. Like somebody else killed his family. It wasn't him, and he is disguised himself as this police officer and is taking these guys out. But I was wrong. Yeah. But that was my theory. I thought it was the cop and that he wasn't the actual cop. I. Thought it was the doctor, but for the wrong reason initially. I because this is before the whole drug portion got revealed, and right. so I that wasn't a factor for me. And so I was thinking it was something to do with uh, it being election season. And she she stated there before that she was there for peace and quiet, and then like there's this all this noise going on and stuff from election season. So I didn't know the exact reasons for it, but I figured that she it was she was driven somehow to be killing these people. So I was right, but I was right in an off way because I was wrong about everything else. I just knew who it was. The thing that threw me off was that because the the first victim had been dragged from the water, he had been dragged, you know, a fair distance. And they're like, "Okay, this guy was was heavy enough to a point where um like this was done by a man. It couldn't have been done by a woman." Mm-hmm. And then the fact that later they were like, okay, well, the doctor's been with us for this amount of time. That means like the doctor was ruled out. And I'm like, okay, it had to be a man. Um, she's a woman. The doctor was with them when this guy was supposedly killed. Okay, so it's not her. 
but they find out that they got the time of death wrong from one of the victims. So and, and they figured that out. And at that point, the doctor was not accounted for. Yeah. And it, it almost plays. OK, so we'll, we'll to to reveal the, the basic plot of it. Uh, there was this drug ring kind of going on and the piano player was at one point a part of it in deciding that he wanted to back out of it and like he didn't want to be a part of it anymore the rest of the people involved who were a lot of the politicians that we saw there basically grouped together and they didn't want him to you know spill the beans or tell everybody about what they had been up to so they murder him and his family and burn that house so they're guilty of uh almost well a much worse crime than is what what's committed against them and that's the retribution is them being killed but the the what we didn't get to see at first was that uh will we hear that the piano player has a son and i think they that said wasn't killed that wasn't killed and so we're still like okay well where is this person and i don't know exactly at what point it was but that the doctor who we've thought this entire time was female was actually a transgender or at least uh a male in disguise I would say probably transgender at this point because she's she had been living as a woman for years now. That, that's in true. That island. Yeah, it wouldn't have just been a disguise; it would have been transgender, which which was still an inter- interesting thing to bring forward in a TV show as well. But I guess the the Japanese have never really strayed away from that, as we've seen in a lot of the past right. animes we've watched. So this was nothing too out of the blue for them. The do- female doctor is actually the son of the piano player and was out for retribution killing them all and that's why it looked like everything was being done by a man because technically she was a man at birth at least and so she still had that strength to do that we get a we get a nice send-off too where she's basically killing herself and she's she lit the the city hall on fire and is playing the moonlight sonata as well and then she starts burning to death yeah, and Conan goes in to try to save her, but then she throws him out of the window. Really hard too. Like yeah. he goes flying out there. And breaks through that window and they you know, they have to grab him and hold him back from saving her. And then she's playing a few notes towards the end of it that aren't the um you know, that aren't part of the it's Moonlight the Sonata. Song. Conan's able to decipher what that is as well, still being code. And I think it said uh Thank you, little detective. Thanks, little detective. And I thought that was a really yeah. sweet send off to that. And it's still, it's a code it really was. that really only Conan understands. And so it was just a personal message to him, letting everybody know that he was the one who solved the crime. Oh, yeah, that's something we should say also. So the detective, more in this one, the old detective, he is, again, unable to solve any of this. And so what Conan ends up doing out of frustration is like, basically trapping him in this audio room and tranquilizing him. And I'm I'm assuming this happens a lot because he did it without any hesitation. So he tranquilizes him with a dart. Right. And then take like gets his little bow tie that I'm assuming the doc gave him. Yeah. uh, His gadget. And uh, it's all it's a voice changing bow tie. So he's speaking over the intercom and revealing the details of the case to everyone in the voice of the detective. So everyone else and I, I like I said, I think this is what happens. This is kind of part of the course for Detective Conan is he speaks in the voice of that detective to make it seem like he's the one solving these cases, even though uh, it's actually Conan. 
Right. So everyone thinks that Detective Moore is like the real genius solving everything. But once again, it's it's Conan behind the scenes that's basically doing it for him and he's getting all the glory and he doesn't really question it either. He's like, yeah, I'm a great detective. I don't get on his end how he just accepts all of it. Isn't like, well, I didn't I didn't say any of that. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. He he, just kind of rolls with it. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It works. It's like if he's getting paid and if he's getting praise, he's just going to accept it. Well, Chris, it looks like it's about time we take a swig of some of that kid-tested, mother-approved organization poison so we can revert back to childhood and find out what our younger selves thought of Detective Conan. This was such a cool cartoon. A man-child solving crimes and mysteries. Plus, he gets to look at dead bodies all he wants, and he keeps looking up girls' skirts. I can only give this five bowls of Who is the Killer cereal out of five. While this series is based on a pretty unusual concept, it managed to not only overcome what could have crippled it from the start, but also to make it into a working formula that has lasted over 20 years. The real genius of this show isn't just the cavalcade of clever cases, but also the fact that by transforming our protagonist from a teenager into a prepubescent child, it now has the appeal and relatability for young sleuths of all ages. Kind of. It's no wonder this show has so much lasting power. Overall, I'd give Detective Conan a well-deserved five big bowls of best poison ever cereal out of five, and highly recommend you put the clues together and investigate this show and find out for yourself. Spoiler alert, it was Chris in the library with a candlestick. Case closed. But what did I do with the candlestick? (laughs) Literally, anything would make a better weapon than a candlestick, right? It was just convenient. It was there. Well, fair enough. I'm just really lazy. I didn't want to have to go looking for something. <laughs> I mean, the candlestick's right there. Who even owns a candlestick anymore, though, really? I don't know, but I was actually looking for one earlier today. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like an actual candlestick. Yeah, yeah. I was looking for one. Didn't find it because I guess no one owns one or, you know, sells them anymore. Uh, so do you have any final thoughts about this cartoon? Uh, final thoughts are just that uh, I think that it's definitely something any fans of anime should check out i can't say that it's underrated or anything because i it's got a high amount of praise i think that it hasn't really been introduced that much to american audiences because i i think only there's only like a hundred and something episodes out that are actually dubbed in america through funimation so out of the 800 episodes that are out there i would say if you're interested in that type of thing if you like detective stories at all this is a really good one to get into the cases are super interesting kind of like a dual layer strategy to it where he's trying to solve these cases while pretending that he's not actually solving these cases. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And I definitely think people should check it out. Yeah, I thought it was an awesome show. I love the mystery to it. I love all the nods to Sherlock Holmes. Plus, it was one of the few mystery shows to me that didn't seem like it was super obvious who the killer is right away. Some of the crimes were kind of convoluted, but I was I was okay with it because it was still really enjoyable. And I definitely want to watch the rest of this cartoon. I will probably start with the dub. And once I run out of those episodes, I will go right into the subs because I want to keep watching it because I loved it. Yeah. So thank you, Rochelle. Yes. Thank you, Rochelle. Well, listeners, looks like our milk supply is now run dry. So it's time for us to say goodbye. Next week, we'll be watching Rocco's Modern Life, suggested via YouTube by Mike. Nice. And before we go, we have another five-star iTunes rating that we want to read for everybody real quick. And this is by Brodius. And Brodius writes, Pure excellence. I found your show by searching for mask-based podcast. Um, He's talking about the show, m.a.s.k. 
that one. <laughs> I have now just in the last two or three months listened to all your episodes, even shows I didn't care for as a child, just to have a different viewpoint. Keep up the good work and I'll keep listening. Thanks, your friend Brody. So thank you so much, Brody. That's really awesome. And we're so glad that you found our show um, and that you enjoy it as much as you did. Yeah, that's incredible. And that's exactly what I would love people to take from this is even if it's a cartoon you think you don't like, see what we have to say about it. And then we might change your mind. We might not, but we might. So give us a chance. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We might not. We probably won't, but at least it'll be we can try entertaining, especially if we're just like, you know, tearing the thing apart. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you, Brody. Really appreciate that. And once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com. 